Okay. Woo-hoo, hello. Here yeah. we are. Podcasting time. Podcasting time. Wild week for racism. Yeah. I guess that implies that there are chill weeks for it, which probably isn't a, the look I want right now, but y'all Yeah. I guess there's, there's like, there are focal points in the way the news works and the way the world happens. Um, yeah. Uh, so we, we are, uh, the podcast, Yo, Is This Racist, where me, Tony Newsom, him, Andrew T and him, Griffin Bartelt, our producer, uh, answer your voicemails about racism. This week, we do have a couple of guests coming up, yeah. but first we're going to get into, uh, the current events. Yeah, so we we felt like, you know, obviously um, we have to talk about, um, you know, racist, not self-defense murderer, I guess, is his official legal designation. Um, Kyle Rittenhouse, um, found not guilty, um, you know, in in a sort of as big an illustration of the racism of the justice system as possible. Mm hmm. I don't know if there are any silver linings. I don't, I guess I'm not one of those like, well, at least it was on display kind of people. I've heard right. that. Better than um, devil, just, you know, kind of thing, which yeah. isn't super useful. It was just sort of brutal and obvious and like, you know, from the jump, clear what was going to happen. Um, yeah. I don't think many thinking people were surprised, but that doesn't mean that you can't still be, you know, upset by yeah. it. Just because you, just because you expected it doesn't mean it's not still harmful. Yeah. It's an outrage. It's horrible. It is, I you know exactly what the justice system is designed to do. Um, this, by the way, actually, for all the critical race theory people, uh, this is actually critical race theory does actually explain this, and this is mm-hmm. why it is a higher, um, you know, highly academic legal framework and theory. Um, but. You know, I don't know it backwards and forwards, but this sort of thing is what critical race theory actually is meant to talk about. Yeah. Um, the scary thing to me is how is the precedent that has been set for self-defense, quote unquote, laws uh, yeah. in this country. That's very frightening that someone who yeah. picked up a rifle and drove across state lines with the intent to uh, protect a Ralph's. I don't even know what the fuck yeah. he thought he was. I mean, whatever. You know, it, it is also though like the the it's nothing new. Um, but like if you're a person who is shocked and surprised by this, um that should be motivating. Um, you know, fucking do something about it, whether it's like fucking talking to the white community if that's what you're part of, or like voting or you know, mm-hmm. when it's time to protest, when it's time to do things and, you know, to to try to change this world, know that the system is not just, it will not protect you. It will not protect, I mean, you do, do not expect justice. Mm-hmm. Um, do not expect protection. Um, and adjust adjust things as accordingly you know i think it, there was like a real stark difference i think from like all the protesters we've seen um th- for whom it's sort of like a fun thing a social thing you know the the women's march i think had a degree of that i think a lot of white protesters um in the daytime kind of go come about this with a, a level of like i'm you know it's, it's like fun um mm. and it 
It is. That's part of it. There is like an element of joy and there's, but like the thing, the real work is that you are putting your body on the line implicitly or explicitly on some level. And like, um, our fucking racist government, our racist justice system. I did see a thing online. I was like, don't call it the justice system. It's sort of the law enforcement system because it's not just, this isn't justice. We didn't see justice. We never have arguably in our lifetime. Um, so I don't know. Do we have more to say about this other than like? No, just that, um, I just want to like, you know, anyone who's feeling stress or trauma because of it, it's like, yeah, yeah, we get it. And just because you expected this to happen. Yeah. It's it's okay okay to still feel there. There's almost still a, it's not a surprise, but it's just like a shock. Like you expected it to be this bad, but then to see it, you're like. Fuck. Um, so yeah. just be kind to yourselves. There's also, uh, so in other just terrible racism trial news, the Charlottesville trial, which is essentially the trial to the civil suit to prove that uh, Richard Spencer and his gang of white supremacist thugs uh, essentially formed a conspiracy to harm people. Um, that civil suit is ongoing at the time of recording. And I think at the time of you hearing this, I think the jury is supposed to deliberate in a few days uh is there a jury no not in a civil suit i don't whatever they're supposed to be yeah deliberation there there can be uh, i think it can go multiple ways so this suit was brought forth and organized by a nonprofit organization called integrity first for america which their goal is to deter extremism so because my first thought reading about this was there's already been a criminal trial for the driver of the car that killed heather hire and injured several other protesters and that person I'm forgetting his name and I don't care about it. Uh, That person is facing multiple charges or uh, was convicted of multiple charges, sorry, and is in jail. But this, I was like, now why is this a civil suit other than awarding damages to, you know, many of the protesters who had been traumatized by the event? But the real goal is to deter other groups from trying to do this, from organizing online the way they did. There's something like 20-something defendants that... Uh, you know, we're all online planning the meetup, planning all of the details of this yeah. violent attack. And so if if this is successful in proving that that was a, again, we're not fucking lawyers, but I'm just reading articles. If if they're successful in proving that that was a conspiracy, then hopefully this will deter other extremists. So that's why this is important, other than the yeah. money. And, and I just and ex- hope that. Yeah. yeah. Racist extremists are very undeterred right now. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, that's just like violent racism knows they have the, most of the state apparatus behind them, as they always have. And yeah, hopefully it is there can be like little things and repercussions. But and like it's like fighting it always constantly on every yeah. level. And that's sort of just what it has to be. Fighting it always constantly, including at the dinner table. I feel like an awkward um, news yeah. anchor segueing, but we do else? have. We do, yeah, yeah. We do have. Uh, we have holidays coming up. We, you know, we don't get into it too much in this episode. Uh, we have a couple guests, but at the end of it, we do kind of tie into a common theme on this show: talking to your, talking to your racist family, talking to the folks in your life who don't think yeah. as much like you, and. Uh, we hope it, you find it helpful. Yeah. It's all it's all pieces, all boulders. You know, do more than you've been doing, but, 
you know, let's also protect each other and yeah, yeah. let's just uh let's take a little ad break and and uh yeah, we'll go we'll go yeah. to the the other side. Welcome back. We back. You just heard an ad for a thing we like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know what else we like? Friendship. <laughs> That's what we're about to experience with you. And not just the friendship of me, Andrew and Kevin, which is robust and stalwart, but uh, an additional friendship, an old friendship that I've had for a long time. Um, We are joined by my two friends, Chris Witaski, who is the creator of the new Netflix animated show, Chicago Party Ant. It's so funny. And Mike Kaczynski, one of the writers of the same show. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having us. Thanks for having us. And I would say that Mike is the star writer. Not just one of the writers. He's the star writer. I like that. That definitely won't pit him against his peers. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't that is disagree a WGA with that. title, so that's good. That's right. One, yes. one writer yeah. is the star of every room. <laughs> and Chris, we should say you are the co-creator. I understand there are other creators of the show, but you created the Twitter account. This was like your character from a long time ago. I remember you doing a version of her for uh, uh, an SNL audition. That's right. Uh, I actually rarely talk about that in like these multitude of interviews I've been doing for every <laughs> Chicago morning news outlet. <laughs> but yeah, I did this character for a failed SNL audition. <laughs> nice. I did. Uh, I did Jesse James for a failed SNL. Uh, or sorry, Jesse Jackson. Oh my God, Jesse James. <laughs> Jesse James Jackson. <laughs> Ooh, Halloween combo <laughs> costume idea. Um, yeah, but so you created the Twitter account, which was a great follow for years and years by the same name, Chicago Party Ant. Um, just tweeting out just just observations from a gal, from a tough gal from the city. Is that how you would <laughs> classify it? Uh, a tough party gal who uh, is based on some actual real human beings that I observed my entire life. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, you're both Chicagoans. Mike, I know you're from a, a suburb, but, you know, it's close enough. Yes, I'm from a town called Rockton, uh, which is about two hours outside, but no one would know where that is. So I just say Chicago. No, I think people and are cheering as they, <laughs> as they hear it. I think people are cheering <laughs> for Rockton. Rockton in the Kevin's a Chicagoan. They have a great gas station off the highway. Kevin's a Chicagoan? Uh, similar suburbs. I'm from Naperville. Oh, yeah. Uh, that gets a lot of booze from the audience. Um, but I have received uh, Chicago Party Ant tweets from my very own aunts being like, this is your mom. Or like my mom saying it, sending me it and being like, this is your aunt. I'm like, so it hits with our Polish side or our like my dad's side a lot. And then my... um. Mom's side loves it too. So we're all big CPA stands in the uh, Bartolt residence. Oh, thank you. Well, that's our that's the demographic we're shooting for. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hell yeah. The aunts <laughs> of podcast producers. That's your, yep. <laughs> that's your main vibe. And I should say, I'm from the suburbs as well. I'm from St. Charles, which is kind of by Naperville yep. and uh, grew up there, but then lived in the city with these guys for many years. And so... Yeah. Wow. You Just, guys are you guys are all splitting too many hairs. It's all Chicago <laughs> from where we're we, sitting. We all have so much guilt about claiming Chicago oh, if sure. you don't actually live there. Yes. Because when you live in Chicago and people do that, you're like, you don't live in Chicago. You live in a suburb. It's the greatest and people sin. Are s- 
people are so intense about it too. So everyone on the show knows I, I'm from California. I just lived in Chicago. Okay, good. We have all of our all of our caveats on the table. Andrew, do you have anything you want to? I've been to Chicago a bunch. I I feel okay, like you're, it, you're a Chicagoan too. The the <laughs> the Michigan of it gets tricky because I feel like I, I actually say I will occasionally just say I'm basically from. It's not Detroit. It's always like because I I I guess it is because of like they few people are expected to be from Detroit. I guess so. It's just like I'm from the Detroit area. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe is that even correct? I don't even know. But people are not as like I think maybe Detroit is more inclusive. Like no Detroiters like they're like yeah you're from yeah it's fine you're all basically Detroit. Yeah, Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) That's also not that true, but kind of (laughs) true. Some classic Midwest guilt, like immediately off the bat. I was telling Andrew last week, I'm not a big sports person, but I've slowly started buying Chicago Cubs and Chicago Bulls shirts and feel like I need to like staple on the back, like Fairweather fan, don't really know the lineup, but like this and want to support, like I need like six caveats on the back of the shirt at all times. (laughs) Yeah, I I was on a plane the other day and a man was wearing a Dodgers hat, but it was just the kind that just says LA on it and like is blue. I don't know, maybe it's in the font, so I guess it makes it a Dodgers hat. But this man, the plane landed and this other man stood up and saw the hat and was like, literally talked to him, probably said like eight or nine sentences to him about the Dodgers. And the man would just kind of like nod or go like, oh, wow, all right. And the guy kept doing it. And finally the guy just goes, man, I just like the hat. (laughs) 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 I really felt for them. I felt for both of them in that instance. (laughs) I I always think it's funny as adults when we just wear clothing that uh, represents something we like. Yeah. <laughs> like an activity that I like. Here's a fishing rod on a shirt because I like to fish. Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean, we're, we're children. You mean all of my dad's Scottsdale, Arizona shirts that he has? Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Because he's been there and yeah. He's yeah. repping Scottsdale. Somebody has to. <laughs> I don't know I what. Like- what a parent's obsession with Scottsdale is, but my dad also loves Scottsdale. Same. I mean, our dads have some things in common. They've sat next to each other at an opening night or two and yes, really have. hit it off. Yes, they have. <laughs> the famous line is after one of the show end, ended that John Hartman always tells me, my dad stood up and said, the kids are all right. <laughs> <laughs> really loud in the theater. <laughs> after wow. seeing our sketch comedy review, that that should not have been the takeaway. It should have been like, mm-hmm. I hope they have a fallback plan. <laughs> Truly. Or how about my mom trying to start a standing ovation at the beginning of a show? (laughs) I love her. That's incredible. I love her. That's so fantastic. So uh, everybody seems like they have a Chicago party ant in their life, but it seems like none of the ants think that they're the ant. They think that it's their sister sister, or it's someone else. Um, Is anybody claiming, Chris or Mike, is anybody in your life claiming like, that's me now that they've seen the show? First of all, that what you just described is so true. And one of my favorite <laughs> stories. So Robert Smigel wrote the SNL, uh, you know, Da Bears, where it was like all those, you know, fat Chicago guys sitting around. And he told me that uh, guys in Chicago would often come up to him and they'd be like 350 pounds with a big mustache. And they'd go, I know a guy just like that. <laughs> 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 right. It's like, yeah, me too, man. <laughs> I'm looking, looking at you. Always someone else. Well, I know Mike has an aunt um, who's a, a 
probably a Chicago party aunt, right? She came to a couple Second City shows, Mike. Oh, yeah. My Aunt Juanita came to a show one time and she was pretty wild and came backstage and she but but I don't I don't think she would self-identify as a wild Chicago party aunt. She's also that's lives true. in Iowa, so that's an Iowa party aunt. Totally different. <laughs> Quad Cities party aunt. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Quad Cities party ants, they go hard. I remember your yeah. Aunt Juanita. She came backstage and we had just done a show full of filthy innuendo and double entendre for two hours, and she came backstage and still managed to shock and embarrass all of us. And yes. I won't even repeat it here, but it was, it was a lot. Yeah, she's wild. I, li- I like to think that there's a little bit of a wild Chicago party ant in all of us. She lives yep. inside all of us yes. and gives yes. us permission to be a little wild. I agree. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. I, I was going to say, this says more about my family than Chicago party ant as a vibe, but I probably <laughs> am clearly the Chicago party ant of my family. <laughs> Like, I, I simply am. Wait, yeah, from who I've met, I, you definitely are. <laughs> like, by a lot. <laughs> what what qualities would you say uh, would paint you as a Chicago party in? I, I, <laughs> I like this game. <laughs> I mean, it definitely, it's the, the party. It's uh, probably party more than aunt. But also the um, comparatively... Don't give a fuck, no filter. Yes. Um, Hell yeah. Because my, again, this is more of a Chinese family thing, but it's uh, too much filter, if anything. Uh, sure. By a lot. I just have a band-aid off. normal amount of filter, I think, for an American, but sure. talking about just immigrant families mostly. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, my, my aunt Anita, who I think is most like this character, she, um, she, a couple quick stories about her. She has multiple Facebook accounts because she keeps forgetting her password. And so then she just, <laughs> just makes a new account. Wait, I will also say that when we were all working together, at one point she she posted on her own Facebook wall, Chris, help me, <laughs> with no other context. Wow. She tagged me, Chris, help me. <laughs> Oh my God, was she stuck in a small closet? <laughs> yeah. She also is the woman who, uh, she has season tickets to the Chicago minor league hockey team, the Chicago Wolves, but sure. she only has one ticket and she goes <laughs> by herself. And she told me the reason she goes is because she loves to watch the fights. <laughs> <laughs> Just a woman alone watching watching professional yes. athletes fight. Yeah. I love this. Let's uh, not kink yeah. shame. She also pulled me aside at a a Thanksgiving one time and said, uh, you know, Chris, if you go to a church and ask them for food, they have to give it to you. (laughs) (laughs) That is my favorite one. Because it's like, one, I don't think that's true. (laughs) I don't think so either. (laughs) But two, who's going (laughs) to, who would be so bold? Uh, I would would also just love to try it out to just like stress out a church person and see what food they have on hand. (laughs) Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's just stress them out. They'll be like, I guess I can make a soup. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I have a couple of I have a couple of wild West Coast aunts that mm. I, it's, it's pretty close to a Chicago party. And it just has like a more Oregon or like Nevada flavor to it. Um, my one aunt moved from Las Vegas to uh, a tiny town called Pahrumpf. Um <laughs> And she, I'm trying to think of what I could say that won't get it, get everyone in trouble, but <laughs> she, she is absolutely like wild. She's together though. She's not like 
chaos. She's she's got her like life together, but wild shit comes out of her mouth. And then I have uh, another aunt in Portland, Oregon, who has lived there since way before it was cool. When that show Portlandia came out, I was like, this is not the Portland that I know. <laughs> I know um, a wild place where my aunt lives and she's gotten her house broken into like 35 times. Um, <laughs> but she is on uh, oxygen tanks. She uses oxygen tanks. And she came to my wedding she, since she couldn't fly with the oxygen tank, she got on a three-day train. Wow. <laughs> and she showed up at the a wedding. Real one. I, I, you know, at like I'm giving like a little speech at my wedding, and I'm like, and my aunt Nancy, she came all the way from Oregon on a train, and my aunt Nancy just shouts out loud, "It fucking sucked." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, I bet it did. Three days sitting on a train God doesn't sound her. great. Oh. <laughs> If I'm not mistaken, Tawny, Pahrumpf is the town where my favorite show of last year is set in small town news. Oh, really? Mike, isn't that where show. it's set? It, it sure is. Yeah, I watched it too. Okay. It's I, on HBO. I didn't know anyone. Run out and watch it. It follows oh, I a small wait. town news station uh, and all everything that comes with it. And it's fantastic. Oh, that sounds great. I didn't know that anyone had ever heard of Pahrumpf. It's such a like desert people I mean, I'm now desert people, so this is not shade. It's such a like <laughs> desert people place. Yes, it has the it's best a- small town name ever. It's it is the sound of someone giving up. Mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, uh, wanna, uh, you can just feel the exhale. <laughs> yeah. Yes, <laughs> really. Feel people flopping down. I don't know why a docu series. I, I did. I assumed truly it was scripted. I was like, okay, you know, big, big, big bold swing at a name, but okay. And it was like, oh, nope. Yeah, oh, it's real, real. Oh, it's real human beings. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, I cannot wait. You follow the lives wait. of these small town news people in Pahrumpf and they report on all the, you know, somebody's house got TP'd or whatever. And yeah, it's oh, great. I can't wait. I wonder if my aunt knows about it. I'm going to tell her. I wonder if she's in it. <laughs> she might be. Well, y'all, that now comes the fun part of the show. Um, well, first of all, uh, CPA is on Netflix. It's been out for what, a month? Yeah, month, month and a half, something like that. Nice. How's the reception been? How's how's everybody liking it? Well, we we had a call with Netflix and they said the show's really big in Russia, Africa, and Eastern Europe. So <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Wow. So, cool. Okay. Who, who I don't know knows? what's happening in Russia or Eastern Europe, but I'm sure in Africa everyone's just like, finally, I'm seeing white people the way I know they can act. Like, I feel like I feel like there's too many polished white people shows. Like, we send Succession over there and Africans are like, nah. But <laughs> you show them these wild people, they're like, yes. yes. <laughs> these are the messy whites we're here for. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and it seems also, to be popular I, in Chicago and all the surrounding suburbs, so that's good. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Chicago and you mean also Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> the other the greater chicago that's right um well Man. i think it's so fantastic it's so funny um lauren ash who plays the titular character is such a great voice talent for that role she's so heartwarming but so funny too so congrats all around great work y'all thank you thank you okay who's ready for some racism <laughs> <laughs> it's racism light this week, yeah. guys. Um, this is a holiday week, but uh, we're we're saving the holiday stuff for probably the next next couple of weeks. So it's just it's it's the fallout of the holiday. It's never the holiday, but maybe we can we can sneak in some some Thanksgiving advice in here. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. make this thematic somehow. <laughs> let's uh, let's kick <laughs> off the first voicemail, Kevin. 
Hey guys, um, big fan of the podcast. Um, I just wanted to ask about this trend that I'm seeing on TikTok recently, which is, um, which I think was started by black creators, um, showing, like trying to dance like white girls. And it's just, it's like very, very cute videos where these creators are kind of living their best life and dragging white girls dancing um i highly recommend you go look at some of them but one thing i've noticed is that when you look you can like look at the like the sound they're all using the same music and you can look at the sound and see all the videos that people have made of under that same song and there's also all these white girls who are like on the same trend and doing like dancing like white girls and is this just like cringy or is it kind of weirdly appropriate <laughs> for white girls yo is to this cringy <laughs> like piggybacking on this trend started by black creators making fun of white girls or is it fine and i'm overthinking this thanks have we thought about doing a yo is this cringy it would be a more chill show to do we'd just be dunking on on people doing cringy stuff i feel like our mo will just take us to the same place (laughs) still still gets us to the same same racism stuff uh i do appreciate the caller for thinking we might watch tiktok The way you That's, said watch TikTok. I uh, s- settle in and watch a TikTok this oh. evening. I feel like my other aunt who asked me to sign her up for Google. <laughs> I I have to call my cable provider and see if I even get TikTok. <laughs> I'm not paying extra. I'll tell you what. No, absolutely not. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. want... Are, I, are you guys on TikTok? Do you consume it do you create things i do not i will tell you that i was just in chicago a couple weeks ago and was walking through fulton market which is the new cool area mm-hmm. in chicago and i used to in... live there when it was just warehouses and fish parts That's right when it wasn't <laughs> cool parts. yeah <laughs> when it was like uh, like the old union stockyards where there was like yeah yeah, <laughs> it was literally the site of the Haymarket riots, and still felt like yeah. it in 2011. <laughs> yeah. Well, now it's hip and cool. And I was walking and ran into a, a gal I went to college with, who now works for TikTok. And I think she had had some wine. And on the sidewalk there, she gave me a long lecture about how it's stupid that I'm not on TikTok, especially wow. being in this profession. And she okay. went on and on about how I should be on TikTok. So, but. Don't you feel like doing it badly? I mean, not that you would, but I would do it badly. Oh, is worse too. than just not <laughs> doing it. Like I, I don't so. want to be on there and just look like some old sad person. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, I want to look like an old sad person in my home by <laughs> <Thank> myself, <you>. alone. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I mean, just to touch on the caller's question, that is yeah. kind of the thing, which is like I was getting there. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure. <laughs> I just had a th- Sorry, I did have a real thought, which though is like just to like just getting on the trend to be on the trend is exactly like the appropriate of white white person thing. It's like, oh, yeah. now this is trending. We could we could just take this thing. And it's like, mm-hmm. all right. But 
you're not one of the yeah. good ones. The snake is just eating its own tail. Right. Yeah. And then I'm also like, what? what's the joke then there, right? Because if you're <laughs> like, I don't know if the joke, and the joke is pretty thin, let's be honest. The, the very thin mm-hmm. premise is like, white girls be like this. And there, then there's a mm-hmm. bunch of people doing that. So then if you are that and you're going, yes, I am like this, other than showing that you can poke fun at yourself, what's yeah. the what's the real joke? Everyone just needs to be a better comedian is my takeaway. Ah, uh, yes. Well, well, also, is it sort of like defensive? Because by doing it, you're almost saying, this is not me. I'm making fun of. The yeah, thing. I'm one oh. of the good ones. It's like protecting yeah. you from the... I, I mean, they're probably not thinking it that, about it that way. But. You're right, but that's like the subconscious thing, right? Of being like, I'm different from those girls is yeah. sort of what you're mm-hmm. putting out there when really it's like maybe you're not or maybe it's why maybe. we all got into comedy because we didn't have self-esteem before exactly yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah it's why we seek validation from strangers yes yes <laughs> and it's working <laughs> we feel is it? great <laughs> yeah we all feel um, great is huh now now that I'm like, we're in this world, like, is it possible to make a TikTok whose only like function is to like critique TikTok? Is there a Siskel and or Ebert of TikToks? Oh. You want the you want the Dexter of TikToks? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, they, they would be called something way cooler like Saskel and Freebird. <laughs> something That's way than cooler? That. That's what you came up with? <laughs> this is why I'm not on TikTok. <laughs> well, I'll tell you one thing. Similarly, just in the world of rating, uh, you know, online content, when we were doing press for Chicago Party Ant, I did some, you know, some like HollywoodBuzz.net interview. <laughs> sure. And then on Twitter, I saw <laughs> somebody posted a picture of me like this and they raided my room. Like they raided my what your room your looks background? like. No, thank my you. background. And it's called Rate My Room. And it's my new favorite Twitter account. <laughs> oh, wow. I love that. Because everybody's working from home now and doing stuff. Yeah. You know, even on CNN, it's like the guy's in his apartment. Yep. And so they rate what's going on in the background. And I loved it. What'd you get? Yeah. What was your score? They said great wallpaper. Yep. They said hopefully it's not too too much and doesn't take up the whole room. But they said it's a great accent. Wow. Cool. Yeah, it Chris is, is in got, front of like a, is it like a sage green and, and garnet kind it's of a, a... a grass cloth, blue and red. Wow. Yes. yes. It's gorgeous. Everyone has such a nice background except for me. I'm, I'm literally in just like the most utilitarian. I do a podcast and write in here, white wall, dog supplies behind me and a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> the and that's it. Though. See, rape my, rape my Room would rip your ass apart. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I can tell, but I get shit done. I'm never distracted because it is joyless in here. There you go, because you're in a prison cell. Um, so this would be like if um, Rate My Room was like, you know who has wild rooms? White girls. And then there was like a trend of like white girl rooms. Right. But this also brought me to like, uh, remember when the Bo Burnham special, when everybody was talking about the Bo Burnham uh, special, was it called Inside uh, mm-hmm. on Netflix? And he had that song that's like a white woman's Instagram or whatever. Fine, mm-hmm. funny, whatever. He's just talking about pumpkin spice lattes and stuff. It's not really a new joke. It was just like done very impressively. Um, and then that became a TikTok trend of white women playing that song and scrolling their Instagram until something he sang they found. Yeah. And so that almost to me felt like maybe because it was started by... <laughs> white people but to me it felt like it was the appropriate amount of self-deprecating you're like listening to the song scrolling and then you're like fuck a 
a pumpkin, damn it. And then they'd like end the TikTok there. Um, I don't know. Does that, does that feel different to y'all than what this caller's talking about? Mm. Oh, I just think it's the, because this type of comedy will always, it, it just has the shortest shelf life because it will always sure. be taken by its, the, the people it's being, it's trying try to critique. Like mm-hmm. there's nothing, nothing white folks can't insulate themselves from with a little bit of effort and attention. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> and that's on y'all. I'm pointing, Who are you pointing, pointing at, at the whites. You're pointing at all of us. <laughs> you're at the bottom of my screen, so it just looks like you're pointing oh. at all my apps. Yeah, yeah. All the apps I have that's on you, at. Safari. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what should the caller do in this situation? This isn't a really like a what should they do uh, yeah. question. It's more like a just watch the TikToks you like. The yeah. End. Any, any parting wisdom? We're not watching TikToks. I'm curious to what like the comments are on that. Like if other people are making that observation, because sometimes I mm-hmm. think that too, when it's like, okay, this is like pretty appropriating heavy. And then I'll check the comments. And then like, sometimes the top like five comments will be calling that out. And then other times oh, I'm sure. like, oh, am I the only one that, okay, maybe it's not then. Cause there's 300 mm-hmm. comments and like no one else brought that up. So of like all support. Yeah. Yeah. But they also yeah. could have 300 uh, racists <laughs> liking their shit, too, so that's possible. But, yeah, yeah, sometimes I check the comments and see if, like, other people are thinking that or if I'm, like, making it up, maybe. So Kevin's saying read the comments. This is a rare do read the comments. I might be. This is this is for sure going to make me an old man. Um, but the, the TikTok of it is I just miss before the Internet when, like, like a white person really wanted to stand out in a black appropriation sort of sense. It's like, like the, every, every month or two, there'd be one Serbian woman on like amateur night at the Apollo singing something amazing would get their props. And then we would never like hear from them until the next time they were on. And that's it. And now it's just constant. I think that's the thing. It's just like always there. And you're like, all right. So your whites. your issue is too much media, which I think is an issue in yeah. general. Just, I'm just there's like, too much like, of everyone. If it's not in your face all the time, it's like less oppressive feeling. <laughs> Those clips of someone like that walking out at the Apollo. I, I, if you've never fell down a YouTube rabbit hole of of Apollo oh. surprises, it's the greatest thing. Because so it'll just be like a slew of black comics or like black singer. And then there'll just be this like tiny white woman and everyone's prepared to just dog on her so hard. And then she opens her mouth, blows them all away. And it's like they, it's like people are transported up to heaven. <laughs> They're so thrilled. They're like, she surprises us all. Oh, really <laughs> yeah. There's the clown in the wings with the broom ready to go out and sweep yeah. her off stage. And he's like, yeah. Oh. Sad, sad putting the broom back in the case. She's great. Um, all right. Caller, we're not joining TikTok. That's we're not joining we TikTok. Despite um, what my college friend said, I'm still not joining. Cut to us 18 months from now. We're all on TikTok. Doing dances. And it's bad. Yeah. Chicago party family. Yeah. Yeah, you got to franchise it out. Have a whole, have a whole spin-off. Um, All right, cool. Let's kick the next and final voicemail. Keep the convo going. Hi, Andrew, Tony, producer Matt. I mean, Kevin. Yes. And Matt and anybody else. That was a really bad opening. Sorry. Okay. So I have a question in regards to 
dealing with aging parents. I am white. Both my parents are white passing. My dad is half Korean. And I'm coming to terms with the idea that while I feel like my mom is a good person, I don't think she did enough in her life. Does that make sense? I know she did her best when it comes to civil rights (laughs) and things of that nature. But the fact that she called me recently and said that she's in her 70s and just now is starting to think about the plights of indigenous people really stresses me out. Did you have a moment where you realized, oh, my parents are not as good of people as I hoped when it comes to race? Sorry again for the message. (laughs) Hi. I love a voicemail uh, that ends with an apology. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of sandwiched by apologies. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Just an apology. They like were... a, you know, keep it safe. Keep yourself safe. Apologize on both ends. Draw the bumpers <laughs> around you. I felt like, I felt like um, we were, uh, th- this one felt like the most, like, maybe there's some advice in here that will lead us into Thanksgiving gatherings in a helpful way. Oh, I feel like we should tell our guests that this this voicemail falls into a common category of voicemails that I call there's some other shit happening too. <laughs> this is a voicemail where someone calls and they're like trying to keep it down to a minute. They're trying to be succinct. They're nervous a little bit. I don't know if this person was nervous, but they're telling us about one instance. And in this case, it's the example of their mom saying, I just started thinking about indigenous people. To me, that is like a that's a tip of an iceberg of a bunch of other shit that the caller just didn't have time or didn't want to like air out their family business or wanted to yeah tattle, like you could just hear it not. in there like um, there's some whole other shit too going on so yeah so we can broaden out the conversation of like what do you do yeah. when your parents just aren't aligned as you are like politically culturally societally oh you know? i was also going to throw out this thing of like expectations and reasonable expectations um mm. and also just like the the heavy disappointment in the caller's voice because i just like <laughs> yeah. i and this might be a white thing maybe maybe we could all talk about that but i'm like i just never expected my parents to be good so like i've never been disappointed <laughs> uh yeah i mean parents are just people yeah okay so yeah expectation that's interesting because yeah when does your bubble get burst when you're like wait, my parents aren't doing the things the same way that I would or paying enough attention to these things or yeah, yeah, treating things as importantly as I do. I don't know. I struggle with this. Like, you know, sometimes I just have to, as much as I want to change things about my parents, my dad specifically, I have to just say like, he's set in his ways. He's in his seventies and like, there's not going to be much change at this point. And so just kind of ex- radically accepting it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Is, is helpful for me. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's shocking as adults whenever we are fully formed grown people and then you have an encounter with your parents and you realize, oh, we think very differently about this thing. And it presents itself in a number of ways. Maybe it's racism, maybe it's recycling, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The you're, two R's. You, it's a shock to the system because you're like, I came from this person. How can we feel be, be so different about this? Yes. Um, but I think I think maybe just being thrilled that they are on this journey and, yeah. and meeting mm-hmm. them where they are, rather you know, rather than focusing on they don't have all the the same correct beliefs that you have. Be be excited that they are thinking about it now. You know, it's never too late. 
Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And like, depending on how, depending on how much they are working on those things, you can decide if you want to help them or, you know, use some of your knowledge and 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 help them get there a little faster. Because yeah. that's, mm-hmm. that's what it is, right? You're, you're upset that they're not, they weren't there quick enough. Yeah. Um, and I feel that with a lot of things in my life. I'm like, why, why aren't people on the same level as me uh, when it comes to these conversations? And the answer is they're just people just because they're your parents doesn't mean they're made yeah. of magic. Yes. Yeah, and, very and much grew up in a different time. Yeah, 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 yeah I, for I, sure. It is so funny, like, because I know this show comes off like it's very absolutist. You know, just the nature of the question and the title. It's like this is we're here to judge people, but it's like, yeah, but we're kind of not once we actually get talking. And like, I don't feel mm-hmm. like I feel like this person's mom like rates kind of high for like white moms, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if if she's bringing it up, it it sounds like she wants to have a conversation about it. It's not like you said something about it and she, yeah. y- you know what, you know what I mean? Like the fact that she brought it to you, I know this is, it's not perfect, but yeah. it does show a good amount of progress. I've I've talked a lot before about my dad's like progressivism as he ages, especially with queer things. Like in the 90s, he was not what I would call a progressive person in that way. And now- as he's gotten older, he's defied all logic in that he's gotten more and more left and more and more socially progressive. And it, it it's like a huge relief to me because I don't have to fight as hard yeah. at, mm-hmm. at every conversation, at every dinner. Um, yeah. And yes, I wish he would have done it much faster, but <laughs> yeah. I'm... I'm happy about it now. But there's also like I there are a little bit of the quote like kind of allyship of it. I feel like we get a lot of white folks that are like, you know, like we're we're not trying to burden you with this and whatever. And this is like a perfect example. And as, as everyone's going into like Thanksgiving and whatnot, it's like Mm. Yeah, guess what? This is actually the time to have this conversation with your mom and this is for all everyone. Have to have the yeah. fucking conversations at least start there. Yeah, and and she brought yeah she brought it up. I keep going back to that. Like the mom brought it up. That's a way to be like, great. I'm glad you're thinking about that stuff. Let's talk more about it. Why weren't you thinking about it in 1952 or whatever the hell? <laughs> I don't know. She said she was 70. I can't do math. Um, <laughs> I did a yeah. little uh, experiment a couple of years ago where I brought my parents to therapy with me. Oh and, uh, wow! Yeah, it was like pretty intense. Like. Uh, my dad like got up and stormed out at one point and then came <gasps> back in and there were tears and uh, I got oh, a lot wow. of shit off my chest and it was, um, I feel like it was good, but I mean, it was fucking like intense. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. my God. I can't imagine. I just got full body sweats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <No. laughs> Harrowing to think about that. Oh my God. <laughs> I think about taking my dad to like a home goods and I'm like, I can't do that. <laughs> you took yours to therapy? That's wild. My dad would have so many problems with everything in a home goods. I cannot imagine uh, <laughs> going into a therapy session. But I think it sounds, I mean, like Chris has set a new bar for, for white people. This isn't just like yeah. standing up to them at Thanksgiving. Bring white people, if you're listening, bring your parents to fucking therapy and we will accept nothing less. And work it out. Work your shit out. Two hours oh. of, of, yes, I was crying. And it was, I mean, it was fucking intense. Wow. But, uh, but yeah, I feel like it was good to, I think it really did like better our relationship. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like it opened the lines of communication? Like now you can talk about things more easily? Yes. I mean, my, you know, my, my dad especially is still like set in his ways and, um, but yes, I think it did open up more like uh, vulnerability for both of us. 
Yeah. I, I feel like that, you know, sometimes people, if they have big fights, like, you know, we get a lot of people calling into the show about like them, you know, having a partner of a different background and that causing strife with their parents. But sometimes those giant hashing it out fights do make the the avenues for communicating more open in the future. And yeah, so that's probably what this was for you. Similarly, like, similarly, like just the emotion of that outlet in therapy. Now you have a little bit more room to talk about stuff. Yeah, yeah for sure. I've been trying to view those like difficult conversations recently as like a marathon, not a race, like pretty mm -hmm. quickly, like realizing mm -hmm. like, okay, I don't think I'm going to radicalize this person like over the phone while I'm in line, but like over the course of several conversations spanning like a longer period of time, I can like slowly chip away at like certain things like that's actually not correct. This is why it's this way. Um, some mm -hmm. of those conversations are hours long. Some of them are like five minutes, but like kind of what we were saying, like slowly seeing a change over time has been rewarding mm. because um, often when I try to like make a drastic point, that just turns into a fight. And then the fight is just like, well, now neither of us want to talk to each other anymore and we don't even mm. see each other that much. Mm -hmm. So like, and that happens, of course. But um, I think like recently having the big like eye-opening th thing for me was like having a challenging a hard conversation, but then at the end of it going, wow, that was really productive. Even though it was frustrating, it still was mm. productive. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. So trying to like, for me specifically, like viewing those as productive instead of just like, well, that that sucked. It's like, well, no, like yeah. some good things yeah. were came out of it. Yeah. I Yeah, I feel like that's why keeping like your... I I feel like keeping your intention with you know if your if your goal is to preserve the relationship we've given plenty of we've had plenty of calls yeah. where we're like no fucking walk away from this person in your family they're trash but if if you believe that they're a good person who's working towards progress and yeah. you you feel like investing in the relationship then keeping that goal in mind when you have these conversations will hopefully yeah. keep you from just the destructive blowups or or even yeah. if it's not them it's like look the reality is it's like everyone has complicated relationships, especially with their parents. And it's like, if you're going to keep this relationship, which is fine, as mm -hmm. much as I say, you should just get rid of your racist parents. I know that people mm -hmm. don't follow that advice and they shouldn't, but like, it's fine. It, it's like, if, like do that. Um, and, and just kind of know why you're having these arguments and like, mm -hmm. and make it like to the extent that you can, like, and, and if you can make it useful, but there's also an element, I think, that like a lot of callers to this show come in with thinking that it's like a magic bullet with, you know, these mm -hmm. folks. And that that's, I think, where the marathon of it comes in is it's not like right. we do this show and it's ongoing and it's a conversation and it's fucking forever. But that's what everyone's <laughs> conversations are like, like and should be, because that's actually how mm -hmm. things change and move. Like, you're not going to mic yeah. drop someone out of voting right. for Trump. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh are my you God, sure? You were, All my Twitter you memes. You were right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, like, I, to, <laughs> to that end, I, I also think it sounds like this caller is a bit frustrated with where her mom is. And this is something I need to work on myself with my own parents but trying to leave your own frustration with it out out of it as much as possible and just mm. um you know encourage her curiosity because like tony said it sounds like she's bringing it up and so i think yeah. 
the more you can encourage her own curiosity so that she is coming to these things on yeah. her own and discovering them rather than yelling at your yeah. your 70-year-old mother. Yeah, right. It'll, it could actually work. Yeah. Yeah. And this is just a rephrasing of what Andrew said, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, <laughs> that you that allyship is you having that conversation with her so she doesn't ask the next like native woman she runs into some obnoxious question. Yeah. It's what I do with my dad. I educate him about proper terminology so that if he runs into a gay person, he doesn't say something dumb out of ignorance. Right. So that is a small service that I made yeah. to. Yes, I am a hero. <laughs> no, I, just, I, I feel like that's this one thing that we can do is we can all handle our fucking family so that yeah. they don't go make some other right. marginalized person's life harder. Yeah. Right. Do what you can, can I, as much as Can I tell a Thanksgiving uh, racist story? Sl- sl- <laughs> funny slash horrible? Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. T- I'm terrified. <laughs> <laughs> so this, is, this is my second full body sweat. <laughs> I, have some, I have some aunts and uncles who I would probably classify as racist. And um, my... So my sister did the Peace Corps in uh, Namibia, Africa. She, like, did AIDS work over there for um, a couple of years. And... But then one day, her and her friends were going on vacation, like taking a trip to go to Angel Falls um, to see it. And these guys jumped out of the bushes and like mugged my sister and stabbed her. And they took all of her her shit and and her friends shit. And my sister had to get like helicoptered to a hospital and like was like get stitches. And it was a whole thing. So then she got flown home to the States and like stopped the Peace Corps because of this traumatic experience. And so that Thanksgiving, we're at my, we're at my aunt's house. <laughs> my sister has like these scars where she got stabbed and, and, you know, so we're telling this story. My sister was in Africa, Peace Corps. She's telling the story about what happened. And my, <laughs> my aunt goes, let me guess. Were they African Americans? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and then I said, "I said she really thought she no, did something." No, they were just Africans. <laughs> they were Namibian, Auntie. That oh. is, oh god, that is actually very funny. But it in is that like, moment, she showed her ignorance so perfectly. Yep, yep. <laughs> yep, fully. Like she thought you were talking about downtown Kenosha, and she would have said that shit. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah, my yeah. god, that's wild. Yeah, and then like, yeah, all you can do in those moments is like clap back, start a family ruckus. I don't know if it started a ruckus, but. I've definitely started a ruckus or two at a, yeah. <laughs> at a family gathering. Yeah. And I don't regret it because you got to right. let these people know they can't mm-hmm. For sure. say this wild shit, you yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone. Well, Chicago Party Ant is all episodes are on Netflix now. Um, you can watch it on any device that gets Netflix. I don't know why I specified that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Anything else you guys want to plug anything? You want to tell the people where to find you, handles, any of that stuff? I'm on Instagram. Every day of my life. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Congrats. Oh, yeah. Whitetow, W-I-T-O-W. Mike got off it because he's healthier. Nice. Wow. But guess what? I'm going to announce it right now. I'm joining TikTok. Keep your yes. eyes out. I'll be there soon. <laughs> Hell, yeah. Can't wait. Well, as soon as we get that handle from him, uh, we'll tweet yeah. it out to all of you. You'll be so excited to follow Mike's content. It's going to be great. We'll, we'll figure out how um, to look at it ourselves. It's going to be wonderful. Yeah. 
I assume I need my desktop. I'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, okay, well, that's this show. If you have a question holiday related, we're going to do some more holiday episodes. Um, 323-389-7223. That's 323-389-RACE. Uh, we also want to say that coming up in the Suboptimal bundle, that's where you can listen to all of our mostly non-racism shows at suboptimalpods.com. Uh, we're going to have a Napa wine trip spectacular with me and uh, my friend Kristen, who we do the show Drink Culture on there. If you haven't heard those episodes, they're all in the bundle. Um, we're also going to have, surprise to you two, we're going to have a New Year's Eve uh, special. <laughs> Great. Um, probably with Andrew and Kevin. <laughs> all right. And me. I'll be here. And yeah. if we're not, we're going to cut this. Um, <laughs> I'll be there. We'll make it happen. Whatever yeah, it is, we can, we'll yeah. make it happen. Yeah. We're going to have a little New Year's Eve special so that if you're uh, if you're listening on New Year's Eve and you don't want to be out partying, doing crazy stuff, we're going to do a fun little countdown with just your three <laughs> favorite racism hosts. Um, Check out Andrew and Zig go to Costco, which dropped earlier this week. Uh, Andrew doesn't know this, but he said, what if we put a transition for between every voice memo that goes, Andrew and Zig go to Costco, and I scored it and put music underneath it. So that plays six <laughs> times cute. throughout the uh, yeah. Zig's first trip. Plays six times throughout Costco. Throughout the very short. Throughout episode a nine-minute episode, <laughs> we really lost steam uh, somewhere in the middle of Costco. But but it, we'll 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 try it again. We'll we'll get it <laughs> get it right. We'll get it. And yeah, and don't forget, we have merch. We have t-shirts, suboptimalpods.com slash merch, where you can get your duck and around shirt. You can also get just shirts that say suboptimal if you just want to walk around with a fun self-own. <laughs> um, that's that. Get them as gifts. Send them to people. The uh, We're coming up on one year of independence. We want to thank you guys so much. Without you, we literally could not and would not and should not be doing this. So thank you for all of your support. We still maybe uh, we shouldn't. We hope you stick around. Yeah. We probably shouldn't, but we are. Yeah, thanks we're to still you. here. Uh, thanks for sticking around. We hope that you uh, are able to stick around with us through the new year. We have some fun content coming out, some new uh, limited series pods and other fun shit. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Tis the season for thanking. Thank you to Mike. Thank you to Chris. Yeah, most importantly. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Guys. Ho, ho, ho. Ooh. Is that what we need? Oh. <laughs> Loving it. Okay, bye. bye. This is Suboptimal.